Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. I'm delighted to host this podcast and share key trends and innovations for each of the 25 industries we serve. At SAP, we like to say that we speak the language of our customers, and this language is industry. We've been supporting all industries for more than 50 years now, and it's exciting to launch this podcast and discuss with industry experts the business value that they get from our solutions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Industry Insights Podcast. My name is Tom Raftery with SAP, and with me on the show today, I have my special guest, Florian. Florian, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, hello, Tom. I'm excited to be in your show today. Uh, Florian Siebauer, I'm part of the ISBN, Intelligence Spend and Business Network team, and based in Waldorf. Okay. And what area do you work in within that, Florian? Yeah, my special focus in that spend domain is direct spend and with the focus on the discrete industry. Um, so what, you know, the, the, the spend which goes into the final products uh, of, uh, you know, which ends up at the customers. Okay, so it's been a weird last two years, Florian, for everybody, I guess, uh, given COVID, given even before that Brexit, given all the other kind of disruptions we've had. How has that impacted your space? Yeah, huge topic, right? The whole supply chain disruptions, I guess that is now the new normal, right? And resilience is in the top, uh, in the mind of everyone, right? I guess uh, what you find is that people which never heard about the term supply chain and disruption before right now are talking about that. And uh, everybody experiences those uh, stock shortages right in the stores and also, uh, you know, the automotive industry and also, you know, this greed in general is all over in the news, right, with exactly those uh, disruptions. Mm. And I mean, can you give me examples of ways that it has impacted people that you're dealing with? Yeah, you know, just, uh, you know, talking talking to customers of ours, right, all seem to be firefighting, right, with new issues coming up all over, right? We, we heard about the microchip crisis, the labor and gas shortages right now with the war in the Ukraine, right? We have the wire harness shortages now coming right there large auto manufacturers have to close their plants, mm. the tier one suppliers struggling, right, to keep the supply up and going. And of course, the, you know, the, the customers, right, uh, have to wait for their cars longer and longer. Yeah, yeah. And how can we help our customers with these kind of issues? Ab absolutely, right. And that, that brings us to our, you know, portfolio where we have capabilities which I think foremost, right, providing visibility. I think that is that is an important to, uh, aspect, right? Not just you know towards the direct supplier, but also beyond the the direct supplier into the end tier, right? Because when you start having that visibility and you have solutions in place, right, which provide you with those risk indicators and you see what's happening, right, then you can react. Also, when you have visibility, for example, in your open orders and you understand then, right, 
by seeing those issues coming up, which of those orders are affected, right? And you don't have to wait until you're just running out of certain stock or shipments just don't arrive, right? You can really take measures. And I think that is a, a huge, a huge advantage which we can bring to the table, right? Visibility and the visibility beyond just the direct suppliers and visibility into you know the orders in manufacturing progress in forecasts right all of that um, and that is I guess uh, a, a big value which we, we we can bring to the market due to our business network right we have the largest business network in the world with more than seven million suppliers right and we provide that visibility to all of the participants on the network. Okay, and when you're talking about visibility, it's not just visibility, as you say, on the supply side, but it's also visibility on the demand side. You you have you have visibility uh, in 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 many directions, right? Also, um, it goes beyond just visibility towards your suppliers, right? It, it's also visibility towards logistic providers, towards shipments. Um, and you really understand, right? Let's take the example of that uh, ship in the Suez Channel, right? Mm-hmm. Got yep. stuck with, uh, and of course, right, that caused major disruptions, right? Great if you have visibility and you understand which of your shipments are impacted, right? Because they may might be on that ship or on another ship which us you know, stuck due to that incident in the channel, and uh, exactly that type of visibility, right? We bring to the market. And furthermore, right, um, I guess another important aspect is that we have solutions in place uh, which provide also early risk indicators, right? Uh, so we, 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 what, what the market is, requires, right, is um, supply chain risk solutions, right, which really understand the, you know, the, the data coming from different sources and read, analyze the data, and then also provide a certain, you know, um, uh, rating there. Is it a positive? Is it a negative? Is it a neutral? And then raise that in, 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 you know, in front of the user that he takes the actions, right? That he sees maybe he can, you know, look for alternative supplies, look for expediting certain shipments, right? And exactly that visibility is key in those, you know, uncertain, uncertain times. Okay. You mentioned automotive as well. And I got to think, Automotive is going through massive, massive disruptions right now. You've got what are called the CASE megatrends, where CASE stands for Connected, Autonomous, Shared, and Electric. And of those, I suspect the electric one is probably the most relevant and the most disruptive to the manufacturers right now. Uh, there's a combination of things hitting them. We've we've mentioned COVID. Uh, we've mentioned the semiconductors, uh, both of which impact as well. But the shift to electric has got to be massively disruptive as well for the manufacturers, right? Oh, no doubt, right? And it goes beyond automotive, right? You find the same in industry, uh, INMC, right? Where you have certain power tools, right? Which also move more and more towards electric. Um, and absolutely, right? You have to, of course, you know, collaborate closely with new suppliers mm-hmm. and to get those new technologies into your into your products. Then, of course, you have to compete about, uh, you know, the batteries, right? Which are on... Uh, 
a short supply, right? That, of course, requires a lot of new suppliers and, and as well also new um, strategies, right, to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah, because we, we see Tesla, for example, have gone for vertical integration. They've they've gone out and they've invested in mines. <laughs> I mean, if you had said to me 10 years ago that car companies would be investing in mines, I'd have thought you were losing your mind. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, so th there are all kinds of strategies happening out there. You can see today that the manufacturers are having issues because you can go to a car dealership now and you can walk out probably with a diesel car same day, but you want to get an electric car, you're looking at a waiting list of months usually, right? Absolutely. And and your, your, your point regarding, uh, you know, Tesla, I guess that is not, a, you know, an exception anymore, right? You see exactly that vertical integration at more and more automotive manufacturers, right? And also the large tier one suppliers that they, you know, join forces, right? And then exactly, you know, build those key technologies like the batteries and, and, and you know, negotiate then also uh, about those raw materials, right? To really make sure that they have to supply a completely different, uh, you know, involvement now as, you know, compared to a few years ago. Absolutely. And again, it requires really much closer collaboration, right, with those, uh, you know, key suppliers, right, to really get those innovation powers, those new technologies into your products. And and, and that is, is a challenge, right? Absolutely. And can we help the manufacturers with their sourcing of the likes of the batteries and the, the new components that they've never had to get before for electric vehicles? You know that, that that's a, a excellent excellent point, right? The, the the need here is really engaging early with the suppliers, right? You you cannot wait anymore until you have you know the materials in your backend system. So really, what you need is a solution which can connect your PLM system, where you do those new um, models, the new planning, right, with your suppliers, and then really early on before you actually start building anything, but you have to collaborate, you have to exchange ideas, you have to extend your innovation power to the supplier, to the, you know, into the suppliers and, and really get those new ideas into your products. And that's exactly where we have capabilities, which exactly allows that, right? Connecting to different PLM systems, engaging early with those suppliers, and then, you know, making sure that you get to the best results, right? from a product perspective, but also from a from a cost perspective, right? Because you do that early on, you achieve cost avoidance, right? Instead of later on trying to reduce the costs, right? So you come to much better results. And at the same time, right, we are able, uh, not just doing that upfront early collaboration with the suppliers, but also we can connect that in to the operational procurement process, right? When you have started then, you know, coming to a, a clearer picture, right? Then you can turn it and actually, you know, orders and order exactly those um, those parts then and 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 make that real that thing happening. Okay, and the the shift to the electrification of transportation kind of brings me as well to the topic of sustainability. Is that something that we can help our customers with? I mean, it, there's an increasing requirement and increasing focus on sustainability. So I can imagine our customers are looking for this right now. 
That, that, that is that is the, the the biggest trend right now, right in the industry. Sustainability, uh, you, and, and and we have you know a wide portfolio to really address that, right? And we see customers, you know, now I'm based in Germany, right? A lot of people come up to, related to the, the the German supply chain law, right? And 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 that is just one of the many topics right customers and organizations looking into because sustainability is really now the on the on the on the mind of everyone right and has you know the the i guess reach board levels right customers have strategic initiatives to really invest into that topic and make sure that they address those requirements from the governments right but also from the expectations from the consumers from the investors from the future employees right it has many shifts and we we with our portfolio right addressing the three main aspects it's one is is all about the climate change right the the, the carbon um, reduction or zero, carbon zero, then also the topic of waste with circular economy, and then last but not least, the topic of, of, of social, right, where that German supply chain law falls into in, in, in combination with, 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 com- with compliance. Mm, yeah, and for people who might be unaware, you mentioned the German supply chain law that's coming into effect. For people who might be unaware, can you explain what that is? Because th- that's not the only law. There are similar laws coming into effect uh, in the EU and the US in the in the next year or so. So maybe p- people could get a head start by hearing what the German one says. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Right. And, and, and that's a law which coming into effect already beginning of next year, right, for companies above 3000 employees. And we have here, um, you know, initially, there was a, a voluntary call in, for action right from the government, which said you have to take care about your supply chain your suppliers, your own employees, right? And then the government did a check later on and realized that nothing much happened, right? I guess 15 to 20% of the companies actually really, you know, put something in place. And therefore now the law is on its way, right? Which requires really companies to take action and look after their own employees, but also about their suppliers in terms of discrimination, in terms of uh, equal pay and, uh, you know, also, en- environmental uh, protection uh, or environmental hazards are protected. Uh, so it's quite a, um, a, a good coverage there, right? And it, it's not just a topic for uh, customers or companies in Germany. It also uh, applies to organizations with, a, you know, a, a, a subsidiary or operations in Germany above a certain threshold, right? And it's, a, as I said, a phased approach. Initially, 3,000 employees is the threshold, and then uh, the year after, it's going to be uh, 1,000 employees, and then you have to comply report. And there are actually now fines in place, right, uh, which really, you know, make organizations responsible. But as you said, right, it's not just the German law. There are similar laws in other countries already in place, and the European Union is working on a law which is more strict, right, which goes below the employee threshold and also it doesn't differentiate anymore between direct suppliers and you know the end here which makes it uh quite interesting then right yeah but you huge interest all over right and and it's not just it's not just the the law right it's also that consumers demand more and more that you know a sustainable product right and 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 they 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 put also their buying decision into what's that direction so it's all over 
And interestingly, by talking to talking about automotive, we 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 have a a, a customer. Um, in the EV space, right? And they have, you know, all of those dimensions of sustainability really upfront, as we just talked about, right? Emission, the waste, inequality, and also, you know, interior, right? Which are now vegan. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's it's happening, right? And will not get uh, going away from that. Yeah, and a lot of this will require our customers to become more innovative, for example, and I mean, not just this, but the, the pressures on all companies to become more innovative. How do they deal with that? Because more innovation, as we referred to in the EV space, requires new suppliers, changes in processes, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, really, I guess it comes back to really engage, engaging early with the supplier right, and collaborating with the supplier on those on those innovations, right? Because the own innovation power is just not anymore good enough, right? To to bring that innovation into the products which customers really expect, right? And it's same with sustainability, right? I, I guess when you when you start engaging early with the suppliers, right? You also you know you want to go in your discussions beyond the just the cost and the price, right? Many customers now looking into engaging also you know regarding carbon footprint, recycled materials early on to really make already the right design decisions right and bring the right suppliers on board to help them to you know bring those new products into the market so really that collaboration is 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 really key do that jointly and also another important topic right having access to potential new suppliers that you're not limited to just that you know core set of suppliers you know already that really you can go beyond right if you have certain new topics that you you have a, a, a great base of suppliers you can you can reach out and and you know connect with them easily yeah 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 and i mean you you mentioned pricing that's obviously got to be a challenge as well because right now we're seeing a lot of the basic materials the raw materials the the, the metals etc uh, nickel for example that the price of nickel is enormous uh, energy has gone through the roof in the, in terms of pricing i looked at my own bill for march of this year and the price per kilowatt for, for per kilowatt hour for march was three and a half times what it was in february so and and that when you've got energy prices spiking, that leads to huge increases in the cost of everything else because it affects transportation and it, it affects manufacture. So how are these swings uh, and in, in price? How are they affecting our customers, and how can we help them with that? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a, a, a huge topic, right? In uh, most of the you know consumers are quite price sensitive. Therefore, of course, you know procurement was always in the the focus, right? you know getting getting the sufficient enough quality for the best price right and and what we what we see is you know with those increasing prices for raw materials as you just mentioned by the focus on index based pricing and really tying down certain you know um, prices in a contract right over a longer period of time hatching is definitely uh, you know in in many people's mind and and here we have also great uh, unique capabilities right in our portfolio to really allow that where you can really engage again early with the supplier right and and, and discuss exactly those you know raw material components capture uh, the price points right based on the indexes and, and transfer that into long lasting contracts where you have certain terms right which 
dictate what happens if a certain threshold is reached. But it really allows customers to get visibility into that, right? Risk exposure and also automate that process because it's for many organizations a quite time consuming process to find the right prices, operationalize on the right prices. But uh, with our capabilities, what we can do is really making sure that uh, those prices are really transferred across the different systems to really ensure that the right prices are paid and, uh, yeah, that the contracts are in place and that you have visibility of what's happening, right? Very good. Very good. Florian, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. Is there any question I haven't asked that you wish I had or any aspect of this that we've not mentioned that you think it's important for people to be aware of? Yes, um, I, I would. I would like to mention our launch of a new solution, uh, a direct sourcing solution specifically for the automotive industry, um, and um, INMC, right? Built on S four, so tightly integrated right in the whole end to end process. And the solution was actually built with uh, a global OEM, right? And not just that one single customer, we collaborated um, during the design phase of the solution with a large number of uh, automotive OEMs, tier one suppliers to really make sure that we have a solution which really fits the needs of the industry. And it really allows you to engage early on with suppliers, right, three to five years before start of production. Then initiate sourcing activities, right? And exactly those points we just talked about, right? About the raw material prices, index-based prices. Also, you know, different sourcing strategies can then be applied here for, you know, moving from single source to, to multi-source, also considering local um, suppliers, right? All of that is taken care. And it's really an end-to-end process which is supported from sourcing to contracting to operational procurement to make that really as seamless as integrated as possible and in addition to that by bringing all of those you know relevant sustainability informations into that process right talking about now the uh, fact that we want to include then um, for example carbon information right in the award decision bringing in suppliers which are sustainable which are social um, you know aware and to really ensure that we have a social or sustainable operation and that is going to be, be launched at Sapphire in, uh, in May in Orlando. Okay, Florian, if people want to know more about yourself or any of the sourcing solutions we talked about on the podcast today, where would you have me direct them? So I will provide you with my LinkedIn profile. And in addition to that, we have uh, great blogs already available about the direct spend space and also about our upcoming solution. So you will get all the information and yeah, please distribute. Yeah, it. sure. I'll put them in the show notes for everyone and they can access them there. No problem. Fantastic. Florian, that's been really interesting. Thanks a bunch for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast. If you want to explore our industry portfolio to find the solutions you need to run your business better, faster and simpler, please visit us at sap.com slash industries.